Insomniacs Anonymous presents the retelling of true stories collected from the darkest corners of the web. When I was around 9 or 12, I lived in a house where a family member lived and had died alone. The house was old and creepy. Just to give an idea, in the basement there was a dentist's room. The old kind. Looked like it was straight from a horror movie. Then, upstairs, three rooms, of which two were locked with a bunch of old stuff. The guy had collected large clocks. My room was upstairs in an open area, so you could walk in straight from the stairway to my room. I always heard weird stuff there. Steps. Noises. One night, I woke up to the sound of someone breathing loudly next to my ear. I was terrified. Then, I looked to my left and there was somebody standing there looking at me. I thought it was my brother who used to sleepwalk. I was like, no, it's a dream, you must sit up. I sat up and the person was still there. I hated living there because I always felt someone's presence or someone breathing next to my ear. A few years back, my family had been experiencing problems that seemed just supernatural. My siblings were hearing running upstairs. Bruises were appearing on one of them. Things were being thrown. And I believed it too, since I had my own minor experiences. But there was one that stuck with me for years. I was upstairs taking a shower. And as a courtesy of the ghosts, there was holes cut into the shower curtain. We had a plastic one, which made it very easy to poke through. I made jokes with my siblings about seeing someone through the holes. And it was funny, until it actually happened. I was showering once when all of my family was asleep, and I glanced through the curtain. I thought nothing was off at first, but noticed the presence of something. I did a double take, and I saw a face peering in at me. It was very close up, and very pale. It seemed like that person was an albino. And before I could even scream, it very, very slowly drifted off to the side. And when I peeked out of the curtain, it was gone. Kingston University, London, 2006. I moved into my university dorms in the autumn of 2005. From the very first day I knew it was going to be a creepy experience. The dorms were partly built on reclaimed land from a huge graveyard, most of still, most of which still existed. My dorm was on the ground floor, built on an old section of the graveyard, no further than 10 feet from the closest headstone. Disturbing things occurred throughout the year. Multiple times my three dorm mates and I would bolt out of our bedrooms into the hallway, in the dead of night, after feeling what can only be described as a sickening and foreboding presence standing by our bedside. Room temperatures would plummet, TVs would sporadically turn on and off, and the mattresses would even shudder. This all culminated in early June. Everyone had left for the summer. I had stayed an additional week to search for a house. I woke up early one morning to my cell phone ringing. I answered the private number, only to hear static. Confused, I looked up to see my bedroom door wide open. This was impossible as my door was sprung and automatically closes. Freaked out, I jump out of bed, put a bag against the door, and go into the kitchen to have a drink of water. As I'm walking back into the bedroom, 
I see two child-sized handprints that looked as if they had been dipped in coal, dragged down my open door. At this moment, I'm filled with the feeling of utter dread. I grab a handful of clothes and my laptop. I rush into the bathroom only to see two more handprints, one dragged down the mirror and the other on the adjacent wall. I grab my things and run out of the building half-dressed and terrified. I looked at my phone to see that the call I received woke me up at 6.06am and the date was 6.06.2006. I swear to God. Three keys were needed to get into that building in my bedroom. No one was there and no one has ever come forward to say it was a prank. All I do know is that I would never go back to that room alone. I've not talked about this because nobody would ever believe it. Nobody did believe it. At least almost nobody. I had a stalker. I was 20 or 21 in college, living at home and commuting to campus. In between classes, I would study outdoors on nice days, either on campus or in a nearby park or in the student centre or the library otherwise. It was then I started getting these odd phone calls at home, a male voice saying things like, I saw you today, you looked nice, or you should wear that outfit more often, this kind of generic stuff. I figured it was just some random jerk who picked on another random person to bother. But then it got more personal, more specific. That orange dress was great today. Your hair looks great braided like that. He was definitely calling me and not just some random and had definitely been watching me each day. He knew who I was, where I was and how to call me. It got more and more personal and more frequent. Several times a week, almost daily, he would call up and comment on what book I was reading, meaning that he was close enough to read the book title. He would describe in detail the clothes I wore, the route I walked to class, where I parked. On one warm sunny day, I foolishly wore a swimsuit under my clothes and sunbathed while reading in the park, and he happily expressed his approval of my swimsuit. I sure didn't do that again. I started going to a different park a little further off campus to get out of the immediate area, and he then mentioned that he liked that park even better, and that we should go there more often. I started studying at a friend's apartment just off campus, and he called up complaining that he missed watching me, and that I should go back to the park. There were never any threats, or demands, or even overtly sexual remarks, just relentless proof that I was being watched very closely by an absolutely unknown person. I wasn't really scared, but it was very unnerving. This went on for several months. Why didn't I tell anybody? Well, I did. Nobody took me seriously. My parents dismissed it. They'd never heard any of the calls. He only called when I was home alone. I guess they thought I was attention-seeking. My boyfriend said I was just neurotic and imagining things. I never saw the person who was watching me. But after a while I realised I was seeing a particular car quite often. It was a weird little green car, like a Fiat X19 for wedge-shaped car, kind of distinctive. I mentioned this to my boyfriend, who like everybody else, thought I was imagining it all. Until the night, the stalker got too close. My boyfriend brought me home after a date, and we were standing in the driveway, saying goodnight. As we stood there, we saw a car slowly creeping up my street with the headlights off. As it neared my house, it stopped, pulled over, and sat there, and I realised it was the green little wedge-shaped car. 
This was no coincidence. I was looking at my stalker. I said to my boyfriend, that's the car I told you about. That's got to be the guy I told you about. This was the only proof I ever had, but at least I finally had a witness. My boyfriend ran to his car, all fired up, and tried to chase down the little green car. But apparently, when they saw the commotion in my driveway, they knew they'd been seen and took off fast. Too fast to catch. The good thing was the call stopped after that. The near miss in my front house must have scared him off sufficiently that he picked another subject for observation. He never called again. Several years later, I saw a newspaper article about a string of reports of young women being targeted in the same way. Extremely personal observations over long periods of time by a person who never showed himself. The cops had not been able to catch him so far, but at least this time somebody believed the girls. This summer, my 17-year-old daughter was working a late-night shift. It was a little after midnight when I went to pick her up. When I stepped outside, it was eerily silent. You couldn't hear frogs, insects, or anything. I stood there just waiting to hear them again, but I had this awful feeling something was watching me. I got in my car and tried to shake off the weird feelings. I turned the radio up loud to distract myself. I started driving down the road with my bright lights on. There have been deers in the area, and I had to make a right turn onto another road. Making the turn, my headlights caught a glimpse of something. It was black, quick, and jumped from the roadway onto the side of a steep hill on the opposite side. I was scared at this moment. I was afraid to drive past this area. For the remainder of the drive, I kept trying to rationalise what I had just seen. Was it a deer? Some animal? Maybe an alien? The possibilities were endless, but I had never seen anything like it. When we made it home that night, the noises were back and thriving. There was no eerie feeling that something was lurking nearby. A couple weeks had passed and I had spoken with a neighbour that lived about ten minutes away. She said some weird things had been happening around here. I thought she meant maybe a thief or coyotes were around, and then she said, You might think I'm crazy, but... And she goes on to tell me about how silent we will get at night, and there was some dark figure that they had seen. Not just her, but a few of the other people that live nearby. So I tell her of my ordeal, of the night I had experienced. I told her it was hard to explain exactly what I'd seen, because I'd never seen anything else like it. She asked me, did it look kind of like a Dementor from Harry Potter? I replied, oh my goodness, yes. She tells me her sister-in-law was visiting, and left after it was dark to go home. Driving close to the area where my house is located, my neighbour gets a call from her sister-in-law that's screaming and hysterically crying. They drive to where she was, and she was too scared to even open the car door. Eventually, she's able to tell them she's seen something black crouching over in the roadway. She slows down and is being cautious about this black figure as it stands up and jumps to the nearest tree and climbs up it fast and disappears. She was so shaken up that they had to drive her home. Who can I even share this with other than a few close neighbours who had also seen the mysterious black figure? If I told anyone else, they'd think I was crazy. Winters are usually silent here, and I hope whatever this thing was moved on or is at least hibernating all winter. Christmas Eve, 1986. My aunt and uncle live in Harvard, Montana. 
he worked night shift for the railroad and did not come home Christmas morning. They were all religious, had three young children, and this was very unlike him. My aunt tries calling the railroad. They refuse to give her any information. She's worried sick. Many hours later, high-up railroad officials arrived to tell her my uncle had been killed at work, crushed between the couplings of a train. Relatives start to arrive to comfort my auntie. The phone is ringing non-stop with condolences, but occasionally my aunt will answer and start swearing at whoever is on the other line. As I said, she was very religious, and this was not in her character. She tells us someone is calling her and impersonating my uncle. We think she is distraught, and start answering the phone instead of her. We all got the phone calls in my uncle's voice, repeating, I'm sorry, over and over. None of us can believe someone can be so cruel, prank calling a new widow, especially on Christmas. We call the police and the phone company to report the calls, and ask them to be traced. Meanwhile, the railroad is doing shady stuff. My uncle kept an apartment in another town to sleep during work stretches. The railroad had it sealed during the investigation, looking for who knows what, drugs, something else, or maybe to minimise their liability. Lawyers show up at her door wanting her to sign papers not in her best interest. The phone calls continued. Same voice, same message. Eventually, we are allowed into his apartment that had been sealed. There are items belonging to another woman in the apartment. The phone traces come back. The calls had been coming from his sealed apartment. His apartment phone had been calling his home phone and playing the answering machine message. I'm sorry, I can't come to the phone right now. But the only part that was actually playing was, I'm sorry. The call stopped after three days. I got married too young, 21, and then I divorced when I was 23. A few months went by and I started having these nightmares. Long story short, a girl in a white dress with brown matted hair with leaves and dirt walks into my house, tracking muddy footprints. She stops and stares at the attic stairs, which are down for some reason, and I ask her why she's there. She screams and the whole house crumbles. I never saw her face. I had this nightmare almost every night for three or four months. For some reason I started sleeping in my living room as opposed to the bedroom. I just wasn't very comfortable there. So I'm sleeping on my couch one night and wake up around 2am for no apparent reason. I check my phone and I see I have a text from my friend and respond. It's important to the story because it verifies that I was awake. I started getting very uncomfortable, and then I heard a knock at my door. I walk around and peek out the window, and there's a girl there. I can't see anything other than her white hoodie, which is up. She knocks, and knocks again. Not urgently or anything, but she didn't appear intent on leaving. So, stupidly, in retrospect looking back on this as I'm 34 now, I cracked open the door. In a quiet voice, she asks if she can use my cell. I still can't really see her face because my porch light was out and I'd been putting off changing the bulb for no reason at all. I asked if everything was okay and she just repeats that she needs to use the phone. Again and again, against my better judgement, 
I put my cell phone to the dial screen and hand it to her. I see her hit a few things, then put the phone to her ear, and the screen light gave me a better view of her face. She was younger, somewhere between 18 to 22, plain looking, not particularly distinguishing in any way. She waits for a minute, and then she says, Hey, I need help. I need your help. Yeah, okay. Then hands me the phone. So I look at my phone, and it's still on the dial screen. Something felt weird to me, so I clicked over to the recent calls, and she hadn't called anyone. When I looked up, she was gone. Not vanished, but like way, way down the street. Farther than she should have been able to get in that time frame. After that, the nightmare stopped. But potentially related, two months later I got a call from a friend late at night, maybe around 10pm, who was like, Hey, wanna come over for a beer? I wasn't doing anything, so I did. I got back home around 1am, and my house had been broken into. Totally trashed, with a bunch of valuables gone. I certainly don't think my friend had anything to do with it, but I sometimes wonder if that girl was casing my house that night. It's the only correlation I can make between the dream stopping and the real-world explanations for that weird experience. The whole thing was just super weird. I think someone tried to kidnap me once. I was walking home from work at 1am, down the back alleys of a notoriously seedy gay area in London, behind the 24-hour clubs full of meth heads on 72-hour weekend benders. A brand new black Land Rover pulled up to me. The passenger window came down, and some guy asked me if I could dance. I laughed and said no. He said something to the driver, and he called to me. He told me there was a dancing competition he could take me to if I wanted to make some money. I said no, and kept walking. The car stopped and allowed me to get maybe 20 metres ahead, but then the car came back up to me pretty fast. This time, the driver wound down his window and told me, get in the f***ing car, otherwise something bad will happen. I ran. The car chased me. I mean screeching tyres like a bad 80s movie chase. Luckily, I knew the area, like the back of my hand, and did a couple of nifty turns through some alleys that cars couldn't get down. I lived close by and managed to get home just fine. My boyfriend was waiting up for me, and I just walked into the house as if nothing happened. I don't know why I never said anything. It just sounded like a stupid story. In 2011, my family and I were at Darien Lake in upstate New York on a roller coaster called The Ride of Steel. On the track there are two trains with eight or so cars per train. They sit two people across and had lap restraints. I was on train two, which was waiting at the station. While getting in, I looked out at the roller coaster and thought I saw a falling blob just out of the second major drop. I shook it off as I wear glasses and my vision is still trash. Well, we go around the track and stop just before the station. We are waiting and waiting, and me and my family wonder what's happening. We see the car in front of us is still occupied with the riders, with an empty wheelchair next to one of the cars. 
Now it was a packed ride with long wait lines. Every seat was full except one in the car next to the wheelchair. After waiting about 15 minutes, they finally let everyone off but keep the train in the station. After about 15 more minutes, they send the train and we pull into the station. The ride attendants are in shock and don't talk to anyone. Later we talked to some of the waiting guests who were in the line. They said a man fell out. I had witnessed the death of a guy on a roller coaster and didn't really realise it. The guy who died was an Iraq vet, a double amputee who was missing one leg and most of the other. Fell out of the coaster because he had no legs and the lap bar didn't restrain him properly. To this day, people do not believe me when I tell this story, and my family barely believes me. I was 12 at the time. I was never really afraid of gore and death, but in that moment there sits a feeling, knowing you witness somebody's last moments alive. The feeling is indescribable. Well, that's all for this episode. I look forward to the next one.